What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Crew Sports Podcast, episode number 29. As always, I'm Michael Akeem, joined here by Vito Patel. Make sure to check out our Twitter, at Crew Sports Pod. We post all our new episodes and everything on there. Let's get straight into this. We still got the NBA playoffs going on. We're going to talk a little bit about our round one. Just wrapped up. See how our predictions from, from a couple weeks ago held up. And we're going to look ahead into round two right after that. But first, Vito, let's talk some NFL. We just had the NFL draft over the past weekend. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, very exciting draft. I think first initial thought was how many defensive players were taken so early in the draft. I think the first five picks uh, were defensive players. And just in general, this draft class was loaded with a bunch of defensive players, which is so interesting uh, knowing that, like, I think most of the anticipation of a draft is usually, like, quarterbacks, which a quarterback wasn't even taken until much later in this draft class. Yeah, we had a first quarterback, Kenny Pickett, taken at what 20 by the Steelers and then not another one was taken until the third round that was really interesting but the defenders yes especially how about Georgia defenders seven in the first round and that didn't even include their leader Kobe Dean who you know maybe without that peck issue or whatever was going on they could have had eight defenders in the first round that's insane I think I mean that, that I know the whole year they're talking about how that whole NFL D I mean that whole defense was NFL ready. I mean they, we were talking about this a lot of the pod where like yeah. up until that uh battle against Alabama, they were giving up like six points a game. Many games they weren't giving up any points really. And it was really just like the second string was giving up points. And so still, even with all that, like as long as they were in the SEC, it's still surprising that they have this much NFL ready talent on the same squad. Well, the thing is, so they had seven players go in the first round, right? That's seven out of 11. And they got, some of them weren't even ready for the draft yet. So you might have like, I think you have like two more guys are expected to be first rounders from that team. So that defense could have nine first round NFL picks, not just like NFL players, but first round. That's amazing. So even Bama couldn't do that. No, this defense, this defense is record breaking for sure. Uh, What's what's really scary though that I still think that folks don't really consider too much is how good that Alabama offense was. I put forty a forty piece on them, uh, especially especially oh, Jameson yeah, Williams. True. Like uh, when he recovers from his uh, Achilles or I mean ACL injury, I mean if and if he does have, maintain the same speed that he used to have, uh, I think the Lions got a pretty good value pick in him. Because he's he's a monster. He shred through a defense with eleven defend eleven NFL ready defenders, and I mean it's mainly because his speed is next level. And like Jameson Williams said, if he ran the forty, he would have the fastest time. I mean, I know a lot of players are gonna say that about their own stock, but I think I kind of believe that. I don't think he'd be too far off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get into this draft class a little bit. Let's talk. You can go ahead and start first. Talk Bears. How did you like what they did this draft? I did like our first two picks. I mean, given we didn't have a first round pick because uh, of Justin Fields last year, it, it's okay. Because uh, I, I mean, Bears have never had a quarterback, and I still believe in Fields. And so we needed a secondary, and our secondary kind of sucked. And our head coach being a defensive coordinator, it kind of made sense that our first two picks were defenders. Uh, and we got Kyler Gordon from Washington. And I mean, I've heard a couple of things about him, and he's supposed to be a pretty good corner. But I'm really excited about Jaquan Brisker from uh, Penn State, who from a lot of the season was regarded as the second best safety behind Kyle Hamilton. And I think the only thing was maybe he's just not as good of a prospect, but he has that talent and he's, he's a lockdown uh, safety. 
But then for the rest of the class, we definitely need receivers. So I was glad we got Wayless Jones, except I just don't know about that dude. Like, I literally don't know him. Like, I there's definitely other receivers, I think, on the board. Like, I think Mechie was still on the board. Like, I definitely think we could have got someone else. And then we definitely needed O-line, and we got uh, four O-linemen. So Jesus. hopefully, even if one or two of them pan out, I'm, I'm fine with that. We just need depth. And then we got another safety for insurance, a D lineman from Miami of Ohio who's supposed to be, he has good, uh, he has good size. He's like 6'4", 250. So he has a size, but I don't know if he has technique. And then we got a punter. I don't know why we draft a punter, but we draft a punter. There's a lot of punters. I mean, talking about the bills now, uh, we got a punter too. Oh, sick. We got a punter in the, I'm trying to think, fifth round or sixth round. Uh, I kind of liked him. They start showing his highlights. This kid punts like eighty plus yards. Oh my god! Maybe you should draft. <laughs> and and I think when we took him, he was the fourth punter taken off the board. And I think you guys took a punter in the seventh round. So even after that, so there's like a lot of punters drafted. Wow, it was a punt heavy class. It seems like it. <laughs> well, I guess there are all these defenders in this class. I mean, offenses need to learn how to punt. Yeah. Um, but looking at the rest of the. Bills draft. We did have a first round pick. Uh, we originally had the 26. We ended up training up to 23 to get Kair Elam, cornerback out of Florida. And I like this pick. I knew we needed a corner. Obviously, we weren't going to get like one of those top three guys, right? They all went way earlier. But, you know, kind of read about this guy, watch this guy in Florida. I, I like him. I think he needs to be like coached up a little bit about like a couple of things he has. He's not like perfect. He's not like sauce he's not that ready but like i think a lot of people are thinking he's gonna be starting on the opposite side of trey white so that's big pickup i was gonna say i was gonna make a comment he's solid uh i know the, the big the big yeah. two uh corners in the sec actually he might be he was was he ranked higher mcduffie was he uh drafted before him i think kansas city traded up and traded and got him right before us Oh, okay. Well, my my big point was he's he's supposed to be one of the big lockdown corners in the SEC, and he got to play against a lot of good receivers in the SEC. So I think yeah. that's a great pickup. No, I really liked him. I I liked our our second pick. I was pretty like okay with his running back, James Cook. We got Dalvin Cook's younger brother, but out of Georgia, man, we know yeah we know Georgia makes good running backs. So and this guy's got hands out of the backfield, so that's perfect for Buffalo. Um. The third pick, the linebacker, uh, he's kind of undersized. Not a very good tackler. I wasn't, like, that thrilled with that. I don't even know if we really needed that. But, like, I was thinking there we could have, like, traded up. You know, only, like, five or six picks ahead of that was when Nicobe Dean went. I was like, if we trade up, we traded up all our other picks. Why don't we trade up? Could have grabbed Dean. That out of went crazy. Um, then our other picks, we, we got a receiver as well. Uh, we got a uh, Shakir out of Boise State. Seems like he's like six foot. I think he's smaller. He's a slot guy, which is what we need with Beasley gone. So some people are saying he might see the field this year. And then our, our punter, uh, and then we got a couple other like later sixth, seventh round picks. But overall, I liked our, I liked our our picks. I mean, I'm pretty good with all of them except, like I said, that that third round pick. I didn't really understand it too much, but we'll see. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. Wait, but I mean, you guys don't have a too good of a linebacking group, do you? Uh, yeah, we got Tremaine Edmonds, we got Matt Milano, we got we got a good group. Okay, okay, my bad. I guess I just yeah, I don't know you guys linebacking group too much. Yeah, okay. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like an edge linebacker, like oh, man, I don't know. Uh, but with that being said, who do you think had the best 
NFL draft? I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles, especially with that big addition of A.J. Brown. So now Jalen Hurts. Oh, good draft pick. <laughs> for the University of Tennessee Titans. <laughs> but now uh, Jalen Hurts got, has A.J. Brown and um, Devonta Smith to throw to. So that's going to be a good uh, pair of receivers. But the big thing was Jordan Davis is going to be great for their pass rush. Jordan Davis is like Fletcher Cox 2.0. Uh, he's younger, but he's huge and he's fast. And I've, Nicobe Dean is so fast. So I think those those three guys alone have really just made that class like really big. They they upgrade a lot. Uh, yeah. For me, I'm gonna go with the Jets. Obviously, for a team like the Jets, this is like their favorite time of year, right? It's the only time they ever do anything. But I mean, they start off. They got Sauce Gardner at four. I know how much both of us love him. Lockdown. My favorite corner in the draft. I liked him more than than Stingley. Uh, at ten, Garrett Wilson. I'm. I think L- uh, London was the only receiver taken. So you had your pick at who you wanted. Their favorite guy was Garrett Wilson. I mean, I don't know which of these. There's so many good receivers. I don't know which ones are going to end up like amazing, which ones not. But you know, they they got the guy in Wilson. Yeah. Good receiver. Then they traded up and they get they traded back into the first round and get Jermaine Johnson at twenty six, who is like a top fifteen talent. So they got three top fifteen ranked players, right? And then they and then they start off their second round with Brees Hall, who's the highest ranked running back in the draft. Yeah, I thought just solid job by the Jets. You know, it helps having two first round picks and trade up get a third first round pick, but. Yeah, honestly, that's that is actually amazing. I guess what I was thinking with the Eagles was they're already a playoff team. This could push up the edge, but like, I mean, Sauce yeah, is locked out court. I think I think Garrett Wilson is actually the best of the four, but it's so hard to tell because they're so incrementally just as good as each other. And I'm talking as of the four. I'm talking about Chris Olave, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. That's going to still, still be in college, probably going to dominate this year. And then Jameson Williams, who was there before. Of those four Ohio State receivers, I think. I think Garrett Wilson was the most naturally talented receiver of them all. He's just big. He has a Julio-like frame. He's fast, strong. And so he was drafted before everyone else, but not by much. Not by much at all. So that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the Jets just added at least three, four potentially starters. Yeah, Brees Hall was so good, too. Yeah, in college. Yeah. Damn, I didn't realize that was stat stacked. I know. I was just like, after day one, I'm like, damn, the Jets, like, I'm building their whole team right here. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last question I got for you about the draft, and I'm going to move on to NBA. Tell me your biggest steals of the draft. I know mine. I was going crazy. But I wanted every team to get this player, but you, you can tell me yours first. Yeah, a lot of bias in this, but Kyle Hamilton was supposed to be projected top five uh, early this yeah. season, and he dropped all the way to 14, and I think that's huge deal for the Ravens, uh, and their defense is already elite, so it's just gonna get better with that kind of lockdown core, uh, safety. And then this one is a little—I uh, I think it's a pretty big steal considering just because uh, I thought I thought Sam Howell was a really good college quarterback. He really showed off his power against our Dame. It's just their defense sucks, but he was good. So for him to drop to number one forty-four, I want to say that's the fourth round to the Commanders. That's pretty pretty solid. Actually, that's fifth round. I mean, like all the quarterbacks besides like Kenny Piggy were just dropping, and then even Desmond Ritter was the second one taken. I was not expecting that. I thought I give with that maybe even Malik Willis to Tennessee in the later rounds could be a steal too. 
Um, but for me, the biggest steal was definitely N'Kobe Dean dropping all the way to 83rd. Mm-hmm. This is a first-round talent the Eagles got, like, mid to late third round. Absolutely. I know there's, like, something going on about his pec injury or whatever. I don't care. He's going to get better, right? And he's going to be a monster. That defense had seven players drafted in the first round. Who was their leader? It was yeah, Dean. Yeah, all year long for sure. Now, I'm not saying, like, those guys are nothing without him and stuff, but, like, he rallied that group. He told everyone where to go. He, like, directed them. He led them. That's got to count for something. Yeah, and he's fast as hell. Like, he's so I fast. I know. Sideline to sideline linebacker. He's, it's not like he's bad either. I mean, he was ranked, I think, 19th or something like that. So, definitely a first-round talent. Huge steal by the Eagles. I'm, I'm sorry. Every pick after the second round, I was like, oh, Dean's definitely going here. And every time someone trade up, like, oh, they're definitely coming up grabbing Dean. No one did. That that is just so unheard of. Because he's good. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Watch him flop, and then I'll, I'll understand <laughs> why. I guess. <laughs> I, mean, I hope not. But yeah, that's the only rational explanation, though. At this point, something's off. I guess. Yeah, it seems like it. But okay. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Suck uh, some playoffs now. Some NBA playoffs. Uh, so we had round one just finished up. And I think as of when we're recording this, Golden State's got a 1-0 lead on Memphis. And Milwaukee's got a 1-0 lead on Boston. And Miami-Philly hasn't started yet. And Phoenix-Dallas hasn't started yet. Let's talk first round. Biggest surprise, I think, it's pretty obvious. Boston absolutely sweeps light work. I mean, not light work. Every game was close. But like... A sweep of the Nets. Yeah, the biggest surprise was definitely the the Celtics sweeping the Nets. But as you're kind of hinting at too, there's one stat that I found pretty interesting, and I don't I, I didn't double check to see if this is the closest sweep ever. But the combined win of all four games for the Celtics was by 17 points, so they averaged like four points. Wow! A win. <laughs> and that so it could be the closest sweep ever. But it's just like something about the conditioning of the Nets, bro. They couldn't close out a single game i think they could have won off any of those four games at least one of those i mean who who's gonna close your game it's gonna be Kyrie or kd right yeah that's they were right. getting beat up and bodied all game yeah they could it yeah. they'd had to be dead by the end kd's too skinny and Kyrie's fasting like it was yeah <laughs> it was just bad i think another surprise not a single series went to Seven. That was the only one that was 4-0. All the other series were 4-1 or 4-2. So we had no game sevens. Yeah, that was so surprising for me. Because uh, there's so many. There's four game sixes. So I at least yeah. one of them would go to game seven. But no, the... They got put away. Team, yeah, close out. And I don't think there's a single upset. All the no, higher no, seeds yeah, won. No upsets either. So that's insane. As pre- unpredictable as the first round seemed, it seemed... It turned out to end pretty predictable, but I guess the Pelicans giving, I guess technically a nine seed giving the Suns a run for their money was pretty impressive. Ah, uh, yeah, that I think that was a big surprise. That was the one that we thought could be a sweep. We didn't think really anything else was like a sweep. I kind of thought maybe Miami could sweep Atlanta. I mean, that ended up four one, but Pelicans taking two almost three games. I mean, maybe D book out kind of helped that though. You know, but like even when D book was in. He, he wasn't, like, dominating. Like, there's something about the Pelicans. I think especially when Zion comes back next year, they're going to be a legit squad. I think ever since CJ McCollum joined that squad, they're, they're, they've been tough. They have, they have a decent amount of talent. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they'll string together a couple years in a row with playoff appearances. So that'll be good. 
I like Grand Theft Alvarado. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. All right, let's talk our teams a little bit. Um, maybe talk Miami in a little bit better of a light than than the Bulls, but. Yeah, I predicted five games. I got five games. That is, <laughs> Actually, that is true. I was a little more hopeful after the first two because we played them tough in game one, and then game two, DDR drops 41. So I was thinking the Bulls might win this, and then especially with Chris Milton out the rest of the series. But then something happened where the Bucks got so much better without Milton. I was going to say, yeah, I thought they got good without Milton. They played well. Yeah, I, I don't know if Middleton was shooting them in the foot or if they just decided to pick pick it up. And I want to say it's the latter, but yeah. it also kind of seems like the former. Like, they kind of also just seem to play so much better. I will never know until he comes yeah. back. Yeah, facts. <laughs> um, now, Miami, absolutely light work of Atlanta. And, I mean, we close the series out, Butler and Lowry on the bench. And, I mean, Trey Young... Did not get anything going. Trey Young, more turnovers than assists or field goals. So, especially in all the losses, I mean, game one, one field goal, six turnovers. Game two, 10 field goals, 10 turnovers. Game three, three field goals, five turnovers. Game five, two field goals, six turnovers. So, I mean, nothing. They didn't give up anything to Trey Young. That's insane. I've never seen someone so good getting locked up. Like, he averages like, well over 25 a game in the regular season. So for him to get locked up that hard, it was insane. So now we got Miami on to Philadelphia and Embiid out for the first at least two games. He said They're saying he might come back games three or four. We got Milwaukee, Boston. Like I said, Milwaukee's already up 1-0, so maybe that might sway our predictions a little bit. Golden State already up 1-0 on Memphis. Same thing there. And Phoenix-Dallas. I guess, I guess, should we start with Miami Philly? Because that's going on right now. Yeah, we can start with Miami Philly. I think, I mean, we haven't had any games yet. As time we're recording this, by the time it's out, game one will be done. Uh, I think Miami's definitely got to take advantage games one and two with and beat out because he didn't even come down to Miami. So he's definitely not in until at least game three when they go back to Philly. So I think. If you're Miami, you really want to go back to Philly with a 2-0 lead. I think they will. Oh, I think so too. And I I think this is I mean, this is a great opportunity for Harden to prove that he's still like a great A player, like top alpha of the league. But I think the thing is those days are behind Harden now. He's not that good anymore. Yeah, it seems like it. It seemed like yeah. it in the first round. He's too. he's definitely a good passer and he's definitely I still say he's all-star level, but you know, Harden used to be top five player in the NBA. He's not nowhere near that anymore. I'd say he's like top fifteen at best, which I I'd still argue maybe not. But more importantly, though, the Heat are just like so deep, and they play such intense defense. Like even if Embiid was there, I I would say they struggled to even win one in Miami without without Embiid. The first two games, they're gonna be down two zero, uh, and Embiid's just gonna be recovering from injury. I don't see this series going more than six and Miami's gonna win it yeah I like your prediction Zito I like it I'll be there with you I was gonna say like I shouldn't say four I was gonna say five um but yeah I can see six just because mm-hmm. I think the Sixers have the talent to to steal like a close game or two but I think Miami is a deeper team the way they've been playing I mean you can get production from any of 12 13 guys is kind of crazy oh yeah I, I think Miami gets past this too. Um, what did you think of the other 
Eastern Conference series, Milwaukee-Boston. Because I was thinking, you know, this one might be close. This one couldn't go to Game 7 without hot Boston is, especially what they did to the Brooklyn. But Milwaukee killed them. And, I mean, Giannis is definitely the best player in the world right now. Yeah, Milwaukee is insane. He's unstoppable. But I will say that there was some good production from, like, the other players, like Holiday and stuff in yesterday's game. And JT and JB just were not playing well. And I know part of that's probably Celtics defense is much better than the Nets defense. But I think they're competitors. They have a lot of playoffs uh, experience between those two guys, uh, including their first years uh, together when they played against LeBron. Like, they've been here so many times. I still predict this to be a close series. And actually, I'm going to say Celtics win this in seven. Giannis is the best player in the world. I don't think they have. And he wasn't even, like, that efficient or that great that game. But it's still his game. I don't think Boston's got anyone that really stops Giannis, especially when he gets going, which is kind of crazy to say. He hasn't even got going against them. So I'm, I'm going. I'm still bucks and six. That's super fair. <laughs> that's that's honestly the most likely pick. But I, I, I really I really do expect the Celtics to come back and yeah, go hard. It is crazy how many times they've been there, though, for being such a young team. Yeah, because they were eliminated by LeBron the first year. They've always been eliminated by someone good. I know the Heap eliminated the year they went to the finals, in the conference finals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they win a lot of playoff series, though, that young duo. All right, yeah, let's look over to the West now. So, like I said, Golden State's up 1-0 on Memphis, and that was a close game, one-point game. Clay came down, made a three to give him the lead, and then Memphis could not score after that. But... Game one, really close. You think that like kind of is how the series is going to play out? Yes, I, I actually do. And I mean, Memphis lost game one against the uh, Timberwolves, so it's not like they don't That's have true. the grit that is true. to come back. I think I think Golden State's going to be a little surprised how tough Memphis plays as a team, uh, at least in comparison to Nuggets. Like they're they're not they're not a light team, and I think they're going to come back even harder next team. I mean, next game. There's a reason why they won so many games, and like yeah, some folks are saying, oh, Draymond didn't really play the second half, but like they were down when Draymond was playing, and Jordan Poole had like the game of his life, had like thirty something points. He's had the playoffs of his life. Yeah. He's done, he did that. I felt like five times in the first round. Yeah, facts. Yeah, no, Jordan Poole's been going off, but. Yeah, honestly, I think this game series goes six. I do think the Warriors are gonna win this one. So still four two Warriors though. Yeah, but Grizzlies are gonna give it give them a run, and I'm not that confident about this pick because I could see Grizzlies. Nah, nah I, I, I nah, can't see that. Nah, nah. Yeah. no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> the Warriors are just so good still. It just surprises me. And just the addition of Jordan Poole is like the perfect third guard. Absolutely. And Wiggins is not like, like Wiggins helps a lot. Well, he's, he's like a, he's really like a fifth option or fourth scoring option now. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like that's an all-star. Yeah, so you we had Jordan Poole leading the scores with 31, Steph with 24, but then Wiggins 3 at 17, but Clay with the biggest shot of the game, and he had 15. But he had, like, four players having 15-plus, and it was pretty effortless. Yeah, I mean, what do you expect? All four of them to drop 30? That would be kind of crazy. That's, that's 120 points right there. Yeah. So in the first pod, though, I said Ja usually outplays Steph when they play against each other. And I think so far in this game, they did. he did. He had 34 points, 10 assists, and 9 rebounds. But what about that last defensive stop? Steph stopped Jaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steph had that big play. I'm not going to... Yeah, he won that play. But it, overall, I think Jaw played better game one. Yeah, I think overall, though, Jaw has to pl- way outplay 
Because Ja is what gets his team's offense going. Like, his whole offense runs through him. Steph, on the other hand, Steph could have zero points and Golden State could drop 130. That's fair. That's so fair. Yeah. So Ja has to play to that level. Dylan Brooks had an awful game offensively, and I think he's going to come back a little harder. I I was super surprised. Jared Jackson could not miss. He played played insanely well game one. Yeah, I mean, Memphis got a lot of... A lot of guys, I mean, they're probably seven, eight deep, right? I don't think they're as deep or as good as Golden State, but, like, I'm impressed with them. Uh, I think they can make a run next year, though. I don't think they get past Golden State. Yeah, I think Golden State in six, unfortunately. No, yeah, I think maybe even five. I could see Memphis only taking one game. Wow. Because I, I, I could see it being like the Boston-Brooklyn series where every game is close, but Golden State knows how to put people away, right? They, they warmed up a little bit against Denver. Yeah, that's fair. And they had a lot of close games against Denver too, which a win is a win is a win. Exactly, and and they know how to just and put games away. They know how to put series away. Those are champions. Been there before. I think like that's why I think even if every game is close, you, when you got those shooters on that team, jeez, they make the shots that count. Yeah, watch out. Now this is an interesting series though. Phoenix at Dallas. This is what everyone's excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think Dallas can do it? Uh, Phoenix does not look as hot as everyone thought they were. Exactly. I think it opens the door a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, Dallas looks better than everyone thought they were. Because, like, even when Dodgers was out, they were 2-1. And then when Dodgers came back in, they're 2-1 against the Jazz. Which the Jazz are not bad. I think it just shows how good the Mavericks have developed now. But I don't know. I don't think they do it. I think Phoenix has to win it all this year. This is probably CP3's last chance making a run. And so they're going to play tense. Luca got his first playoff win. He's hungry for that second. You know, one one didn't satisfy him. In fact, Lucas, Luca might be the second best player in the NBA right now. <laughs> like, behind Giannis. He's it's so crazy. Good. I mean, it's like like 30-point triple-double was like a, like a it's normal so effortless. Night. He's so skilled in so many different ways. He, like, bodied Gobert. <laughs> and then <laughs> like, told him he's too small. Yeah, he's, he's insane. But the thing is, there's only one Luca, And I think I think the Suns team overall is better but surprisingly i think jalen brunson is a leading scorer of that team this playoffs i mean he's been going kind of crazy too though he's had so many 30 point games too yeah he's like the jordan pool of the mavericks i kind of want dallas to do it i mean regardless i think golden state is still the ones representing the west in the finals i don't know i don't like phoenix that much I, I like I like mm-hmm. book. I'm not the biggest CP3 fan. I'm not gonna be like I'm not hating. Like I'm not the biggest fan. I don't know. I'm actually I'm genuinely curious though. Like why don't folks like CP3? He's so crisp. He has the best mid range or one of the best mid ranges. He's only six foot and he's like he can find his open teammates everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he has like like twelve plus assists a game. Right? I don't know. Maybe he talks too much. I don't know. I don't really know. I just don't like him that much. No, I mean, I get that a lot. Actually, like NBA Twitter, which I seem to be watching a lot, seems to also dislike CP3 a lot, which is very interesting. He's never won a ring, and he's been pretty good his whole career. One of the best passes yeah. in NBA history. I mean, my favorite player in that series is definitely Luka, though. So, yeah, same. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. And then it's probably D-Book. I don't know if I like D-Book more than CP. Uh, I really do like CP. Uh and then the, the last game where he had made 14 for 14. That was crazy insane. to close the, yeah, the first series. Yeah, I'll yeah. give him that. That was insane. And then double-digit assists and no turnovers also on top of a perfect shooting split. It's, his assist totals were insane. He had 14 assists twice that series and 10 plus assists three times that series. 
His lowest assist total was eight. He 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 can find the open man anywhere. Yeah, that's crazy. And he's just shooting so efficiently too. Most of those games. Yeah, but let's go Dallas. Come on, Luca. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know who I, I think I have a, I think this is gonna be a really tough series too. I think I'm gonna go Phoenix in seven. Do you think this is the first I, I don't well actually I can see my Milwaukee Boston going to seven and them, I think that's the only other one that goes to seven. That's crazy. I could see us getting to the conference finals without having any series go to seven yet. Yeah. So you think you think Mavericks win in six then? No. I honestly don't think the Mavericks win. <laughs> I can't see it because I, I feel like <laughs> okay. both, I mean I feel like Phoenix is just about to turn on, and then especially the way they ended the Pelican series with Mikel Bridges dropping thirty. I think, and they get D book now. I think I think they just take it in like five or maybe six. I agree. I mean, I think they're gonna find a new switch, and I actually think like I think the Pelicans uh, played them pretty well defensively and had more scoring options like. Because Ingram was going off, McCollum was going off a lot of those games, like and like Alvarado and like Herb Jones or whatever that rookie's name. They were causing problems too on defense, yeah. So it was like a whole team effort, and with all of that, they only took it to six, and that was without deep book for a lot of the series. And so, yeah, give me Phoenix and seven though. I think the the Milwaukee Boston is the only one I see touching seven, and that's if Milwaukee doesn't just run through them. But I don't think they can do that. What they did game one, all four games or five, or however many games. Yeah, I think Boston makes the adjustments. They're they're a solid team, especially how hot Boston's been since All Star break or since the beginning of the year. It's crazy. Jalen Brown, I have to say, is that biggest X factor of that game. If he gets it going, uh, they win because he was playing like trash yesterday. But against the Nets, he was going off a lot of those games. He was their savior in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, I think Boston's got too many options, too many good players to not be that great. Yeah. It's an interesting finals. I mean, I think the Miami-Philly series would be closer, but without Embiid there, Miami, I think Miami starts up 2-0. I don't think they drop too many games after that, then, Because I think they'll take at least one of the Philly games. And you're coming back to Miami game 5-3-1, probably. Oh, so you're saying it could be a five-game series, honestly. it's I can see that very possible. That's why I say no more than six. Six is worst-case scenario. I think they could get it done five. And honestly, if Embiid comes back still injured, and they said at least two, if he doesn't play in any of those Philly games, I think it could be a sweep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that'd be great. I wouldn't mind that. More rest. But I think, I think Kyle, Kyle Lowry's, I don't think he's playing game one. is playing now, this whole series. Oh, yeah, we're in the United States the whole time, so he doesn't have to sit out any games. But instead, uh, Embiid's going to be sitting out. <laughs> yeah, instead they got Embiid out for the first trip down to Miami. So we both got Suns, Warriors on the other end, and then Heat. I actually have Celtics, and you have Heat Bucks. Yeah, which I mean, I think that stays the same as our predictions after the first round. Well, I I actually had the Bucks beating this winning this series. Oh, so <laughs> after you that, watch Milwaukee just thump them, <laughs> you want you switch? Yeah, it doesn't really make too much sense. Hey man, buying Boston low. I, I see it. I see it. Okay. <laughs> Facts. I mean, they're a good team, but I don't know. We will see. We will see. All right. And I think that wraps it up for this week, guys. Thanks for sticking around to the end. If you enjoyed this, make sure to check out our Twitter at Crew Sports Pod. And with that, we will see you guys next time talking more NBA playoffs.